I'll start off by saying I'm bored, I'm broke, and I'm back. <laughs> Shaking my, my, my jelly beans. You're open to God. I don't have to use any of that. Your beans? Yeah. Yeah. I got my uh, my bam, bean boozled, so I don't want to eat the uh, I don't want to eat the dead fish or the or the uh, what was the other one? Spoiled milk is horrendous. Wait, there is a fish flavored jelly bean? They have. You get to choose. So so every time that I say redskins yeah so if i if i mess up and i say redskins yeah i'm going to eat a jelly bean out of what's called bean boozled and they have like stink bug dirty dishwater toothpaste rotten egg like barf are they all bad uh, they got no no that you, you you can get other ones it's like chocolate and happiness and juicy pear but you don't care about those wow so you have a 50 50 shot of getting this horrible horrible bean and so every time I say that name, I have to eat one, and it's and it's a good shot because I have bad luck that I'm going to end up eating a really really bad. Yeah, meal. and um, I don't know. Like right now, uh, it wouldn't make the experience of sort of watching or participating or uh, consuming Washington football team. See, I got it that time. Football. Yeah, yeah getting close. Any worse, but. Nonetheless, we are back for week three. We are back. Uh, this is the Cult of Cult. You've got Gumby up in, where are you now? I'm, I'm up in uh, An undisclosed location. Maryland. Oh, yeah, Maryland. undisclosed. <laughs> I'm in my uh, in, 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 undisclosed in Gaithersburg. And I'm in an undisclosed location. Just kidding. I'm back from the beach. Uh, it was nice. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. It's nice. You ever been to Dewey? you got a nice tan going right now. We've Beautiful been to Dewey. Tan. Yeah, we have. We, uh, yeah. We... We color guarded Swedish kings in Dewey. We did. Yes. I mean, we've been across we've been across the pond together. So this is a, uh, you know, Dewey was just one of the steps that we went through in this great adventure. That's right. We swam from Dewey to England. No, we we didn't. We didn't do that. I would I would pass out probably like three strokes in and just be uh, uh, under the water. Well, uh, underwater is a great place to start <laughs> tonight's conversation because. Your Washington football team, I we'll get into this at some point. I'm not entirely sure still yet what to call them. Uh, the the footballers, I don't know. Whatever, yeah. it doesn't really matter. Um, I mean, after that last game, I can barely call them a football team. That's true. Um, they looked really bad. They took a took a, a pretty yucky L uh, against. The Arizona Cardinals, a team that I think, you know, I feel is is going to be pretty competitive this year. Like that, the NFC West well, is be, so good. Before we before we jump too far into this, yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah, hit me. What you drinking? Oh yeah, well this team makes me drink. Um, I am having a little bit of rye whiskey from Thistle Finch Distillery in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. We are not sponsored by them, but oh my God, if we were, that would be just a dream come true. Uh, they are a very cool distillery that ha- took over a um, abandoned tobacco warehouse Ooh. like in downtown Lancaster where I spent six years of my life between college and work. And um, 
it's fantastic. I love it there. We were actually, I was one of their very first customers. We heard wow. that they were opening up downtown, like a downtown location. We didn't know where it was. We're like, we had a sense of where. We were like wandering around and just like opening doors of abandoned factories, like a Scooby-Doo episode. And <laughs> we just walked <laughs> into this place and there was a bar and a single bartender there and all like brick and metal and wood and uh we're like okay are we are we in are we dead are we in purgatory and they're like no come have a drink and so i have a very once they said that you're in heaven yes uh their stuff is fantastic i don't know if we can get it down this way but if you're ever in the central pennsylvania area highly recommend checking out thistle finch they now do have a sign outside it got decidedly less cool after they put a sign outside but it's still um incredibly uh, i've never had it yeah but if they want to sponsor i am 100 percent into uh being a part of the taste test that is thistle finch yes thistle finch rye whiskey uh what, what what are you sipping on all right all right all right the matthew mcconaughey long branch by wild turkey i don't have nearly the same story as you do i went to the store and bought it and it is actually pretty delicious and i got my my little mug and I'm, I'm just enjoying every second of it he he's uh, he's probably the most famous fan of this team like i can't name more than like three of them like joe gibbs doesn't count because like obviously he's not a few yeah he was a coach no, he's a coach like he obviously yeah. hasn't finished but like kevin durant i guess kevin durant matthew mcconaughey dale earnhardt jr yeah dale okay I think McConaughey is more famous than Dale, but like obviously, I mean, I live in the South. You live in the North. Um, <laughs> things are a little bit different down here. I, I, I don't know. I there may be more Dale fans than I'm aware of. I'm almost certain there are. I've never met one in real life, but that's because I kind of live in a bubble. You're a Dale fan, okay? Hundred percent. I have no eighty-eight inf- baby. No informed opinions about. NASCAR. My Latin teacher in middle school, her son worked on the Denny Hamlin team, and I know he's like the oh. FedEx guy. He did. Him and uh, Michael Jordan got together, and they opened up their own NASCAR. Oh yeah, and like uh, Bubba, Bubba Watson. Week. Yeah, this week. Yeah, that was weird. Jordan, uh, did you watch that? Doc- That's a North Carolina. He's a North Carolina boy. Do you watch he's, the documentary? That's what he does. Did you watch it? I know oh, we're yeah. like going way oh, off. Oh yeah, the rails. last dance. Oh, it was so fun. Yeah, we could do a whole like a we are like a Bill Simmons. Well, we're off the rails because this team's off the rails. Yeah, we're causing us to drink and talk about Michael Jordan. We're we're, we're following their lead. Um, <laughs> so as a team that does make you want to drink, um, where was I? Arizona Cardinals, very good Correct. this year. Kyler Murray, I think like really friggin' good. Um, he looked awesome. And it's also kind of hard when, you know, like you see a, a young quarterback play against a team like this where it's like, okay, obviously he's good, but like, is he that good or was the team he was playing that bad? So, so kind of as we talked about last week, uh, we said that that defensive line was going to just stop everything up the middle, yeah. but it was the outside that was going to cause either feast or famine and the Arizona Cardinals feasted on the outside mm-hmm. and Murray did the same thing. He took advantage of all of the outside. Our secondary was suspect. Our linebackers were suspect. It was a total meltdown as a team 
to be exactly who we thought they were going to be. The the football team is who we thought they were. It is who they we thought they'd be. Uh, and it's one of those good quote. Yeah. Uh, uh, and Cardinals. It's one of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Cardinals are who we thought they yeah. were. Yeah. Uh, Shoes on the other foot. Of, it, and, and just watching it happen. And I, I, I my, my, um, idea of the scores would be 28, 14. And it was pretty close. And we talked about it. And everything we talked about happening happened because this team, the holes that are there are so obvious Everyone in the NFL sees them. Yeah, uh, and it, it's sort of like the guys you expected to feast feasted. I mean, no one really feasted, but like Chase Young finished with a sack. I think he, uh, I mean, he was sort of setting the line. Actually, you know who had a nice game was, um, and we're sort of like trying to put lipstick on a pig here, but was Kevin Pierre-Lewis, who actually finished with uh, with 10 total tackles. And even though he actually didn't finish with it, he didn't pick up any sacks. He was, like, in the backfield. And he was moving, resetting the line, making plays. But, I mean, after all the nice things we had to say about <laughs> Troy Apke, he, the fact that they, in in his press conference, Ron Rivera had to basically say, like, you know, he's not as bad as everybody seems to think he is. <laughs> like, that is not exactly a ringing endorsement of a guy who is your starting safety. Uh, yeah. He looked... He got torched. He looked pretty pretty yucky. Um, I mean, Matt Ioannidis didn't have his best game. Jonathan Allen didn't have his best game. So even, like, the D-line, I, I'm grading them out at a... B minus, which means that everybody else is like a C or below. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Even you know with Kevin Pierre Lewis having a nice game, ish. Uh, John Bostic finished with five tackles and a sack. It's just like this performance. This this ent- the entirety of the of the loss. You can't pin it on one person or one position group. So, like, yeah, we'll give props where they're due. The Cardinals look good. They're a good team. Yep. Their offense is, like, much better than they were a year ago. Kyler Murray, like, his second year in in sort of, like, his more comfort comfortable role. Like, it's clicking. It's starting to click. It definitely helps when you have a receiver like DeAndre Hopkins, who, like, is well on his way to becoming potentially a, a Hall of Famer. Uh, and, and your and – your- backup right now is Fitzgerald who is just so good at what he does that he's going to pick apart your offense uh, slower than he was. He moved over to the slot and now he's just able to kind of just figure out exactly where to be and how to do it. And they had four, and, four receivers who finished with 50 yards or more. Fitzgerald had seven catches for 50 yards. It's like, okay, he's big. Uh, I get it. But Christian Kirk. So both Christian Kirk and Andy and Isabella, who I, I was like, that's not a real name. It is apparently. <laughs> uh, they both only had two catches each, but Kirk had 57 yards and Isabella had 67 yards. And then Hopkins finished with eight catches for 68 yards. So the fact that Murray was able to spread the ball around too, like he couldn't, he didn't have to key in on one guy is, is two things. A shows to me that they are talented all around. And B, absolutely, it says to me that he felt very confident putting the ball in a lot of different places and testing a lot of different defensive backs and just like wasn't terribly phased by the idea that they would be able to stop them. They use our defense as a scout team. 
mm-hmm. on that game. Yeah. Uh, and in that process, you know, I'm looking, I'm watching the Cardinals, and I'm going, man, if give us two to three years, I'd love to be in this position. Yeah. Where you have some older guys who are contributing, but they know what they're doing. So younger guys coming in the back and just just an all around good team. Now, now their defense isn't amazing, the, the Cardinals, but they just they work together well as a team yeah. and whether they're going to make the playoffs i don't think they're going to win the super bowl no. but they're going to win they're probably the and i think they're probably the th- the third the third best team in that division oh yeah oh yeah maybe i don't know but, they beat you know they you beat the 49ers head to head um and also like now it's like a a body bag it was like a body bag game over there it was like a body bag game across the league this past weekend our fantasy football waiver wires were totally gutted uh i'm sure I know everybody loves hearing about other people's fantasy football teams. It is everyone's favorite pastime. But uh, yeah, it, it was it was pretty bleak across the league. And I, oh you yeah, know, I mean, uh, ACLs galore. Yeah, and then you know, so you look at the other side of the ball. Um, obviously, the offense struggled, except for in the fourth quarter, when at that point, like the game was. I don't want to say it was out of reach, but you could expect reasonably that the Cardinals maybe took their foot off the gas just a little bit. Um, uh, you know, Haskins, we could talk about him a little, a little, uh, I, I don't, this, this is the year of Dwayne. We're going to have to figure out who he is and what he can do. I'm not going to extrapolate too much from any one performance. He finished 19 to 33, 223 yards, a touchdown still has not thrown an interception yet. Which I like to see. As a quarterback, especially since he's not actually played a whole season yet. Mm-hmm. So he does not have 16 games under his belt yet. No preseason whatsoever as a sophomore quarterback who barely played the very end of last season. So here's a guy where he hasn't thrown an interception yet. He's been serviceable. So if everyone wants to run up and down yelling about Dwayne, you can't. He's been exactly what he needs to be right now. He's serviceable. Yeah. It's the rest of it we have to worry about. Yeah. Uh, even our good offensive guys, offensive line guys last week weren't good. And they were teeing off on Dwayne. He didn't have time to do the things he wants to do. Um, the stats were that any time that Dwayne Haskins holds the ball longer than two seconds, his stats plummet. So he's very good at the quick, the quick, the fast. And he didn't even have time for that last week. Yeah, and uh, when... You're taking away his ability to go to a second option. That's going to result in the stat line that we saw where Terry McLaurin finished with seven catches for 129 yards and a touchdown because he is most comfortable with McLaurin and he's the best player. So if you only have two seconds, you're going to drop back and you're just going to throw it to the guy that you trust and that you have chemistry with. And that is good. It is. Um, I, I know a lot of the the yardage that he racked up was also fourth quarter numbers, but sure. at a certain point, like you're going to see teams jamming him at the line of scrimmage, having a zone over to his side, and then having a third guy over the top because until they can show that anyone else can do anything, why wouldn't you? If if you're creating pressure in the backfield, you're forcing him to get the ball out quickly. His number one option is Terry McLaurin. It just it's it's the the offensive line is a major problem, and it's not one I think is going to improve over the course of this year. With a suspect offensive line and 
McLaurin about to get double teamed and hit off the line. Some of the things that you would have to do is some flare routes out of the backfield with the running backs yeah. or some quick hits with the running backs to kind of make people spread out or even a screen or two. I hate screens, especially as the Redskins with Jay would run them all the time. And they were horrible. Yep. But in last week's game, how many catches did the running backs have? Ah, uh, God, like none. I think Gibson. None. I think Gibson had one. Let's see, he had one catch for negative three yards. So, so because our offensive line is so bad, it sounds like they're keeping the running backs in that area, yeah. so they have to block, not allowing for there to be you know that 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 extra safety option. Because you take the running backs out, you and you have two three wide receivers going. Secondaries has them. Who's that extra person to save you? Yeah. And if the running back standing next to you, there isn't one. No. Yeah, and the running backs, I mean, what, they finished in aggregate over 100 yards. Like, hooray. Uh, Gibson, what, 50? They both finished. So Gibson had like 55 yards and a touchdown. McKissick had 53 and a touchdown. Haskins only had to run the ball once. Peyton Barber. This is a team. God, I, I promise at some point I will stop talking about fantasy football. But this is a team where you do not want to have any of their running backs on your roster uh, roster because it's totally unreliable. Uh, Completely. It, it, you shouldn't have, except for McLaurin, you shouldn't have anybody on your fantasy team. No. Do, and I mean does this your team, bench, too. Just... Does this team on the offensive side of the ball, I think I know the answer, do they have a top 100 player in the league offensively, talent-wise? Is Mc, so is McLaurin a top 100 player in the in the league on the offensive side of the ball? I, this year he won't be yeah. because they're going to team. I think if if all things were equal, he'd be up there. He would be up there yeah. because he he's a very crisp route runner. He can he's he's amazing what he does and he's learning. He's fast. He's got it. Um, but no, if it's, if you take McLaurin out of it, we don't have anyone close. Not even close right now. Yeah. Well, okay, so. I don't know. Is there anything else to say about this game? I, I feel like you kind of just you take it on the chin and you move on. I don't know that you can extrapolate too much else. It's still early. There were, you said you know, there, were, there was no preseason. The last time that he, Haskins, was a starting quarterback for more than one year in one place, he was playing for Bullis. So uh, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And I guess look ahead. This is... An interesting game to me this week in against the uh, the, Browns. the Browns. Who, uh, what? Last year they were on the cover of Sports Illustrated before the season started. It's like the Browns are back, baby. It's like Odell Beckham Jr. It's like you know you're still the Browns, right? Like you're still the yeah. Browns. There's a lot of uh, Brownsiness that you need to overcome <laughs> in order to to not be the Browns. Um, Your logo is a color. Yeah. Well, we can't really talk so much at this point. Our our, yeah, our team I, name uh, is team name. <laughs> yeah, and our, our our helmets are also a color with a number. Yeah. That's very Which true. That's kinda, very I true. Like. We'll we'll do helmet talk. We'll do helmet talk next week. Oh, you don't like them next week? Okay, yeah. helmet talk. I'm I'm gonna come prepared with some solid, bonafide <laughs> arguments as to why I'm pro helmet. Um, but yeah, so the Browns coming off a big win against the Cincinnati Bengals. Where uh, Joe Burrow is legit. I really like Joe Burrow. He is. Oh yeah. No, he's 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 showing up and he and he's got talent. He just doesn't have anything around. No, him. and they're gonna have some growing pains. On the flip side, I do not like Baker Mayfield. No. no. I, you know what? You know what? I hate even more about Baker Mayfield than his playing. 
is all of his commercials. Like, he has done anything in this league yet, and I have to watch these jackass commercials of him being, like, some little guy's body uh, selling Hulu. It's like, Baker, you didn't do anything yet, but yet here I am having to listen to you all the time. And the one where he's, like, cleaning uh, the stadium. Yeah. I'm like, this, uh, let this go. What is his marketability? Like, <laughs> like what's his Q score? Like, what what does Baker Mayfield bring to the table that people are like, oh, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I'm buying a Hulu subscription. <laughs> I, I, all I think it is is that they're like, uh, he will do the stupid crap we want him to. And he's like, I will sign anywhere to get a check. Uh, and we need to start keeping a running list. But I think at some point, this is probably an off-season conversation, we should do uh, commercial talk. Because obviously oh, yeah. this area with Easter Motors, that's a whole thing. Uh, J- Jason <laughs> Jason Campbell in uh, the Geico commercials. I mean, we still quote that. Jason phenomenal. Candle. My name is Campbell. Jason Candle. <laughs> uh, yeah. So ba- I, th- I think he's still waiting to throw a ball. He was he had the longest wait yeah, ever when it came to throwing balls. But, but we'll we'll get to that. Yeah. yeah so let's not, re- let's not bring back the the, the candle situation. the candle era. Um. <laughs> so the Browns <laughs> Browns coming in at one and one off a win over a gimme putt in the Bengals. It actually was kind of close. It was 35-30. They, I don't know, like on paper, they're they're constructed like a fantasy team. Like in the first round, they took, oh, God, fantasy God. Uh, They took Nick Nick Chubb in the first round. They took ODB in the second round. Then, like, someone reached on Kareem Hunt, thinking that it would be, like, a two-headed backfield. It's like, oh, well, you need another wide receiver, Jarvis Landry. And that's, like, middle rounds. Okay, I guess I'll go Baker, Mayfield. Austin Hooper's on that team, which I kind of forgot. Yeah, Um, I actually got him on on Fantasy, and he has not done anything for me yet. But he's he's a serviceable tight end. You're right. Like, this is a team that the Browns, where their offense is built like a fantasy team, but the problem is they're all on one team right. and they're dysfunctional. Yeah, and I just it's one of those things where on paper like nothing ever works on paper until like you've no. seen it work in real life. They and you know that's they have pieces on the defensive side of the ball too. I mean Denzel Ward, Miles Garrett, um they they just need more time I think to like put it all together. And I don't know that they ever will because I think that at some point like you know the Cubs went a hundred years and hadn't didn't win a World Series, and some of that is not, it's not because they had bad teams. It's just like they were the Cubs, and the Browns, like they are the Browns. I also, I mean, it's coaching. I think you just keep pitch, picking these middle of the road coaches who really haven't done anything, and if you keep bringing rookie or early coaches into these, so they don't want to pay a good coach, you're going to end up with a team that doesn't do anything because uh, the coach is learning. So as the coach is learning, you have all this great talent, and it's wasted. But talk about being wasted. Let's not forget about Odell Beckham Jr. And uh, the most recent items have come up about him. He's got some stuff that he has to figure out in his life before he can be a good football player again. Yeah, he um, – Here, here's where I stand on Odell <laughs> Beckham Jr. Uh, I'll, without – God, should I say it? Should I say it? Oh, yeah. No, without it, shitting it, on well him too much. Knowledge. Yeah, well, he likes that. Oh. <laughs> don't bathe for a couple of days come over to the house come take a big shit on a cleveland steamer oh i'm just saying when he was in new york i new york is like very the new york sports media is so self-important it's like bananas that they decided they just like they 
to their own detriment. They're like, oh, if you can't play here, like, you don't, like, if you can't handle the media, you don't deserve to play here. Like, Randy Johnson, like, he stood nothing against the New York Post. It's like, <laughs> oh, my God. Like, just, like, cool it. They Everyone's got an ego in New York. They, Everyone they has do. An ego there. And there's just, like, too much time on their hands. We'll 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 do a a big uh, a big tearing down of the Giants when it comes to Giants week, but I always it's coming up quick. I I always felt that um, maybe some of this was because I had my fancy team. I felt like Od- Odell at for a, a good chunk of his time there, like kind of got a raw deal because like he was young and he was fun and he was good and he was a hothead. But like yeah. the flip side of that is like okay. You could call a guy a hothead, but you could also say like, "Oh, he's he's a passionate player." Like it's all, it's all about framing. Now, did he do things that were silly? Like, did he like get into a fight with a with the kicking net that he lost? Like, yeah, yeah. Was that absolutely. was that dumb to do on camera? Like, yeah, it was. Did did the media decide to tear him down because he was like on a boat during a bye week because they had nothing else to talk about? Like. Yeah, whatever. Like, go be on a boat. Like, I don't care. Like, it's your day yeah. off. Go be on a boat. That said, um, I don't see it really working in Cleveland. Like, I just, it's like not, no. it's not going. He, well. he doesn't have he he doesn't have enough structure over there. Like, and that's part of the problem is that there's no structure. So he's just going to kind of be all over the place. And these guys, as an athlete, you need a coach who's going to give you a little bit of structure. And Cleveland's not going to work out because it doesn't exist. Well, and the other thing is, like, sometimes you know, when he left, it was sort of a well, they could he could just use a he could use a change of scenery, maybe it'll work out. But like, if your change of scenery is going to Cleveland, scenery there is really bleak, broadly speaking. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't like Cleveland spiritually. Spiritually, Odell is a Raider. He's just a Raider. Like he, he will end up on the Raiders. Like he, I think, already has a, the Raider mindset. He'll he'll be a Raider at some point. Oh yeah. Well, well, well to talk about the Raiders, let me let me let's get past the Browns because again, yes. uh, we'll, we'll, let's 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 guess a score and then I'll get to the Raiders. Score. Okay. Uh, you go first because I haven't really thought about it yet. So I'm gonna sit here. I'm gonna throw out a. The Washington—I almost, almost said it. Almost had a jelly bean. Uh, the Washington football team. I think we're going to get up there. I think we're getting 17 points out of this game. I think, and they're going to come in fast, and we're going to get some points. So 17. Unfortunately, I think that the Cleveland Browns will actually score more points, and I think it's going to be a close game. I think it will be. Uh, with all the talent the Browns have, they, again, they're they're still all over the place. 24-17 Browns. Mm. Close. We still lose. However, I think we sh- we show better this week around than we did last week. Did you know that the Browns are seven and a half point favorites in this game? Yeah, yeah. I would I would definitely bet the Washington football. Yeah, team. I, I'm in a pool. I I did pick them, uh, not to win. I picked them to cover. Um, yeah. I think. I think I'm in the same boat as you, but I think I'm keeping it closer. I think I'm going just like. 20 to 17. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, a little heartbreaker there. Yeah. And but you know how there are games that are 20 to 17 where you're like, okay, all they have to do is drive down here and kick a field goal. I don't think this is one of those. I think like they are down 20 to 10, they score a touchdown, don't kick an onside kick and then just don't get the ball back. That's my that's okay. my bold prediction for what's going to happen this week. They lose 
<laughs> they lose 20 to 17, but like the Browns just pick up three first downs in the last, you know, like four minutes of the fourth quarter. And at some point, I know Ron Rivera is like considered to be a pretty good timeout management coach, but just there will, in the same way that the Browns are the Browns, the Washington football team is still sort of the Washington football team. So I just have, I just have an expectation that uh, they will have taken some stupid timeouts early, like early in the third quarter, and they just won't have them left and they won't be able to stop well, the clock. Well, and then everyone last week was, was uh, upset because Ron didn't take his timeouts with like two minutes left. He knew it was over. Yeah. He wasn't worried about it. He's like, yeah, it's over, guys. Like, I'm not going to risk injury. I'm not going to risk all this ridiculousness. We're not winning this game. We're about Ron yeah. out. And, I, you know, as much as I, I love the, the push to win, he was, it's, it, it was two scores away. It wasn't happening. And he's like, I'm, I'm done yeah. here. Yeah, get off my back. Um, you had something to say about the Raiders? What is there to say about so, the Raiders other than that, like, Mark Davis has the worst haircut known to man? Oh, my God, the bowl. It's, like it, it looks like a like if I was drunk and you put a bandana around my eyes and just said cut, that's what this billionaire has as a haircut. It's horrible. You know, he, he flies to go get that haircut. Like, he his, – his barber – I don't remember now where the barber is, but, like, he when he needs to go get a haircut, he gets on his jet and flies there to go get that haircut. No, what you misunderstand is that the guy flying the jet is the one who cuts his hair while he's while flying, flying the, the jet. jet. Upside down? Upside down, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Well, Again, the, the, the owners of the Raiders, uh, the Davis family, have always been insane. So I'm, I'm not going to sure. play that. But I got to watch this beautiful stadium that was built there in Las Vegas. And again, I can't like, – I, I wish the Raiders were still in Oakland or, or in L.A. But California said, I'm not building you shit. And Las Vegas is like, how about we build you this awesome stadium? It's giant. It's called the Death. It Zone. looks like a Roomba. It does. <laughs> it looks just like a Roomba, but it has the translucent roof, and all the state, all the seats are black, and you go in, and it's got views of the Strip, mm. and it's got this all everything's brand new, and it looked amazing. Yeah. And watching this, this no people in the stands, yeah. this beautiful stadium. For a team that hasn't been good since what's the last time they won a Super Bowl? What eighty three? Well, I know you 82? know Rich Gannon took them there and lost in what like oh one lost to the Buccaneers. That was like my least favorite Super Bowl. No, anytime right, anytime yeah. the Patriots win the Super Bowl is my least favorite Super Bowl. I didn't like that one because I wanted the Raiders to win. I don't know why, but whatever. Um, yeah, but the Raiders. Yeah, but 80s. the last time they won a Super Bowl, it was against the Redskins. I think it was eighty two. I believe. I think you're right. I don't know. I'm so, not going to look, but okay. No, me neither. So so I'm just going to go off my noggin here. And here's the catch. The Raiders, who haven't done anything since the 80s, yeah. have a new million, million, million plus dollar stadium. And we're stuck with FedEx Field. Yeah. Yeah. I can't be more pissed about this. Yeah. It's... Um... It's rough. It's really rough. And honestly, like the fact that there are no fans there this year is it almost feels like a blessing because uh it is it is so bad. It is so bad. I we I think have we have fond memories of going to games there entirely yes. unrelated to the location in like a, a good way. 
or like the results on the field. We, as we've mentioned, we've established as the cult of cult, we're big preseason guys. Um, it's, it's an, it's a disaster. It like is so bad. It, it's a nightmare. I mean, I've been to, I've been to Cowboys stadium. Yeah. I have been to a Steelers game. I have been to a Ravens games. Yeah. I have been to there's and, and of course FedEx as my, my stadiums I go to now. And you, 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 as a, if you're going to go to a game, you have to leave for a one o'clock game, your house at 9 a.m. Yeah. You get there at 10 a.m. and you have to tailgate or you're going to sit in traffic for hours yeah. and probably miss the game. And you're in this stadium sitting here drinking, hanging out, which is fun. But you, you're staring at this monstrosity in front of you and you finally go in. It's hard to get in. They don't have enough security lines. And you walk into this stadium that has nothing about it that makes you feel pride. Yeah. Nothing. Except for except for this burgundy and gold. That's the only thing that gives you pride. And then as you walk through, I, I've been to right by the stadium, right by the field. I've been all the way up top. When I first got there, I used to have season tickets. I gave them up because I have a soul and I love myself and I don't want to do this to myself every year. I was one row back from the actual ending of the stadium. And it was what I think there was like eighty five thousand people at the time, mm-hmm. and you have a sellout stadium, eighty five thousand people wrapped around you, and everybody's unhappy because it took forever to get here. They spent all this money. The security was a joke. They were all a bunch of assholes. To give a quick story about FedEx security, I'm sitting here, one row back from from the very edge of the state. I'm up screaming, and they sent four security members up to my seats to tell me to sit down because the people behind me were complaining. <laughs> the people who I had known this entire season, and I turn around, and I go, did you guys complain? And everybody starts laughing hysterically. Just they, FedEx has never gotten it. No. They've never gotten the understanding. I know it took 18 months to set it up. They're trying to do it for Jack Kent Cook. I know it was called Rajon. All that's there, but it's the biggest pile, and there's nothing about it that shows pride. They even had to pump crowd noise into the stadium because it's so bad, aesthetic. I mean, uh, audibly that we couldn't. You had to pump crowd noise in there, and that's sad because we have a great fan base. Yeah, and I think it is unquestionable at this point that. There has been a degradation of the fan base. I think there it's eroded. It has. It, I mean, it there has. are going to be people who will support them no matter what. I think you can argue whether or not that is a good thing because I think there are some people who say that the less support the team has, the more motivated they may be to make substantive changes. That's a conversation for another time. But it, um, it really is such a a terrible game day experience in a way where watching the NFL today is done best done. Ideally, I think at home, uh, regardless yes. of where you go. And maybe these new, these new stadiums are the LA facility, the SoFi and this, this Raiders thing sort of change. I know people have nice things to say about, uh, the Seahawks stadium, uh, we've been to Ravens games before. And they're like fun. Like the environment there yeah. is good. It's accessible. But, you know, there are some things that Dan Snyder inherited that he couldn't do anything about. Namely, the stadium was there. He had the lease. Like it was built for him. 
but there were certainly and certainly have been things that could have been improved upon in the intervening years that have just not been. What is, what has happened since he's he's taken over? I mean, they've tore out a bunch of seats, which honestly I think is a net plus because it's fewer uh, fewer shots of the upper deck that are completely empty. I mean, the field is a piece of garbage. That's like a has had a. I mean, we can you can linear, linearly point to Robert Griffin III's career taking the trajectory it did because they didn't put any work into the field. No, the but but they kept renting out to other games before and after like high concerts school games and games, games. games and yeah. They, let's make some money off of this and not care about what the actual product on the field and, is. And but the other thing is, and this is sort of like ties into the entirety of the Dan Snyder experience. Anytime a change has been made, it has found new and exciting ways to make things worse. I went to a game last year, and I can say fairly definitively, it will be the last time I go to a Washington football team game at RFK. Because it was... You mean at FedEx? At, at FedEx. It was that bad. We, I, the tickets were free. I, the tickets were free. The parking pass was free. A buddy of mine bought beer. So I've accrued no expenses at this point. (laughs) He paid for gas and drove me to the game. And I regret the experience. It was, he was an Eagles fan. It was an Eagles game. That was the one that they lost and then like had a chance to come back. And then Haskins threw the pick six and the game, like it changed the spread, which was kind of like a whack. Just another dagger in the whole day. The they since I had been there previously, which was probably like it was before I started writing for Hogshaven, so it's been like five or six years. Yeah, they had changed the parking situation where it used to be you would have the the pass that you hung on your rearview mirror, and it was like the FedEx color, so it was like purple, orange, and green or whatever. You knew exactly where to go, and they changed it now so that everything is digital, but they have not done a good job of indicating that only certain entrances were for certain levels of passes. So you had to drive up to the attendant, they had to scan your phone, and in a lot of cases, tell you you had to turn around and go back into another entrance. The last, I, I'm, I kid you not, the last tenth of a mile to get into the, into, when you make the turn in, it took us... Like, you can see your parking It took spot. us 40, 45 it. minutes for the last tenth of a mile ah. because they kept on... People, like, were cutting each other off. It is chaos. It is a nightmare. And I understand that it's just, it's just like, a total... They, they did a real slapdash job in the first place. If Dan Snyder or Bruce Allen before him or anyone had any sort of cachet with the locality, you know, like, with Landover... I mean, Land- it's like the the most it's the most notable thing in Landover. They would have like worked with the city or the whatever it is to figure out like, okay, we'll pay for some new roads. We'll we'll put another stop well, the, sign. The, in. No, they have, Dan Dan Snyder has no desire to pay for anything. Yeah, that's the problem. He's the same person that that used to be able to take the metro and you'd walk a mm-hmm. mile. You'd walk a mile to get to the stadium, and then immediately he found ways to put barricades in the way of you walking that mile. So you had to drive. Well, even before that, they used to have a shuttle, and he got rid of the shuttle, yeah, too. Yeah, they got rid of the shuttle. So so he would force you to pay 25 30 and he kept going up to $50 to pay to park in a business lot that was so far away you couldn't see the stadium. 
uh, and then they would there was no shuttle. You had to walk. And then, of course, we all figured out that we can go to the mall. Right. Well, then they shut down the mall. Right. Well, let's go to the church. They shut down the church. Yeah. So he kept finding ways to force you to pay this abnormal amount of money into these shitty, horrible parking lots that are all over the place that have nothing to do with anything. And then as you're sitting there, before you even walk into the stadium that takes your soul away from yeah. you, you're already upset. Then as you're upset in this horrible $13 beer stadium that has no acoustics, that was a word I was looking for earlier, mm -hmm. no fan happiness whatsoever, no. you're paying, you know, 30, 40 bucks for a hat, then your team loses by 25. Right, and you're surrounded by Eagles fans. And it doesn't even matter if the Eagles, Eagles are playing. Fans. The Eagles fans are there just to, like, heckle you. They're there. <laughs> yeah, they, and they're standing there just looking at you. And you can't get mad because no. they're right. Yeah. You guys suck. Well, yeah, like, yeah, I can't argue that. I'm the idiot for being here. <laughs> yeah. And then we're playing the Eagles, or we're playing, and we have Eagles fans sitting next to me. Then we have London Fletcher Day, and we ruin London Fletcher's own last yeah. name on London Fletcher it, Day. So not only, after all of that, we look like idiots. Yeah. We, I mean, we used to go to these preseason games, and there was sort of a fun, like, it's so bad, it's good. You know, like, like it's like mm -hmm. like uh, The Room, like that movie with Tommy Wiseau, like, it's so bad, yeah. it's good. But then it kept on continuing to go, like, oh, it's so bad, it's, like, really bad. Like, there is no, really there's bad. no redeeming. Like, I, I honestly, and I know that there are people who go because it's, like, what they do. But, like, you got to find another thing to do. Like, nothing, they don't need you. They don't care about you. No. It's it, have a little bit of I don't know. I, listen, I'm not going to hate on anyone who feels passionate enough that they want to go to a game. I did. I would if someone was telling me like I'm I want to go to a game. I would probably actively discourage them from doing it. But it's like w like what is what is the point at this? And it, that's all of that is I think even divorced really from the on field um, product, which has been subpar for 100%. for a long time really since they've gotten to the stadium they've never they've never won a home game on that field I, uh, sorry a home playoff home playoff game home playoff. home playoff game well again i had season tickets yeah me too i was a season ticket we yeah. both were and we both have been through this experience where we went this girlfriend has cheated on me every single day yeah. of my whole life i don't think she loves me anymore yeah and you, you finally have to deal with that and say, I'm done. And the reason we would go to preseason games is because it was five bucks for a right. ticket. The, the the actual crowds were significantly less. We'd go with a bunch of our friends, tailgate, and have a good time. It was like going to a festival. Right. And there was a football game. And some of the people we would take were always people who had never been to a football yep. game. So we're introducing them to that. And they would enjoy it and have a great time. And you got to see it through their eyes because their eyes had not been ruined right. yet by dealing with this and it was so much fun but now i'm not gonna go to a game i'm not gonna walk into fedex field i'm not giving danny boy my money i'm not giving fedex my money i'm gonna sit at home watch it in hd hang on the family eat pizza have some great wings and enjoy the experience because the worst thing that happens is we're down by 20 at halftime and I can turn the TV off, go upstairs, hug my kid, and take yeah, a nap. Go work on that to. fence. How's the fence coming? <clears throat> it's almost oh, done. It's almost done. I feel good about it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. And I, so, I, I, 
Fuck FedEx. Fuck FedEx. I, the other thing that I think really is the insult, the adding insult to injury, is the team, the the glory years of RFK. You, know, you see all the video. I mean, I have been to a football game at RFK. I went to one of those, the bowl games, like the military bowl, and was there Ooh. just to sort of like see if I could experience, like, okay, what was football like in the stadium? Um, it was not the same, obviously, but to go from something so good to then go to something so bad, I think really adds insult to injury in a way that is, is, um, it just hurts. I think additionally, here's a, here's a thought. Wouldn't it be fun if, so they've announced the official demolition partner of RFK I don't like for whatever that's worth. It is it is set yeah. to be torn down in 2022, and it is a dump. It is a real dump. Oh, the the water drips all over you. Like you, you I used to go to uh, DC United yep. games, and that there was a smell. Oh, like it was There's like it's, raccoons. It's a horrible. Like... <laughs> but you can't be closer to the the field. It's so close. So here's the here's the thing. Knowing that they're going to demolish that stadium, and knowing that right now it is a health hazard for fans to be in that stadium somewhat conveniently you cannot have fans in a stadium right now why don't they go play a game at rfk they have nothing to lose i would i would watch the game i would tune in i think it might be sort of a fun like swan song we should start the play a game at rf we need a new hashtag play a game at rfk we'll figure something out but i think the if the team played a game one game at RFK, assuming that the field is in any sort, I mean, I have no idea what it looks like in there. It's probably a disaster. It's like, it can't be worse than FedEx. No, it can't be worse than FedEx. Yeah. Maybe so, that's so the let's hashtag. Do one more can't game. be worse than FedEx. Can't be worse than FedEx. But we do one more game before it gets knocked down. Let's say this season, just turn it around. We send them to RFK because if, if anything, it's a marketing sure. thing. And, and Danny Boy, if, if if anything, loves an opportunity to put a spotlight on sure. himself. Say, let's do one more at RFK. Let's do one last true, and I'm going to say it. I got my jelly beans. One last true Redskins game at RFK. Yeah. Let's do it. And that one is dead fish. That one's horrible. Oh, that's horrible. But I, I don't know. If assuming, oh is that really oh God, bad? Right, right. Oh, it's horrible. Like it looks like in the back of your throat, the jelly bean. Have a, have a, have a cocktail. One there. last. Oh, God, it's so bad. It's like in there. I can, I can smell it through my nose. Um, whew. I know you don't can see me, but it's it's yeah. bad. Um, but one last game. Give everybody. Bring back. You, the old fan base will love it. The new fan base will kind of see what it was like, and they'll laugh, and they'll be like, oh, why do you go back to this old stadium? Cause it, because it's – let's pull that whole history together, put it into one big package as the Washington football team, 90, almost 90 years of history yep. – and then topple the thing down, topple RFK down, and that may actually be a good lead-in to have an opportunity to make that our stadium forever. I think that is a uh, that's a conversation for another day, and I think we we will. I'm not. I think I guarantee you, we will have that conversation uh, where they will be next because they will not be at FedEx forever. Um, where it will be. What it will look like, who's gonna pay for it? These are all big questions, yeah. and um, I think shit. we'll we'll leave that for another week. Um, 
Agreed. Any final thoughts before we, we round things out this evening? The team last week showed exactly what we thought they were. Yeah. I said five, you said three wins. I don't want anyone to be under any misconception of what we're, what we're looking at on the field. This is not a good team. But as saying that, we're doing something that most people say is a horrible, horrible word. We're rebuilding. Yeah. We are finally able to say we're rebuilding. And we're better as a team than we were last yeah. year. We may not have a better record, but we're getting better. And that makes me happy. I see what's going on. I see it coming together. And we're two, three years away before we see all of that become something. So, yeah, as Shawshank said, I will, I'm going to crawl through what was it, a mile of shit to get to the other end completely clean. Well, we're in the middle of it. Was it Shawshank or was it Odell Beckham? I think it was yeah, Odell I Beckham. Odell I Beckham. think it was, yeah. That is not going to get yeah, old. He, he... <laughs> <sighs> All right. So, I think we'll leave it but, there. Yeah, we're about halfway uh, through. Odell Beckham's bowels. Poor guy. Well, he's a millionaire. Whatever. Eat the rich. <laughs> we we don't we all we all have our own freakness. His unfortunately got so exploited. Yeah, I actually feel yeah. for him. I feel for him. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Well, until uh, until next week. Um, thanks thanks to you all for for listening. We we appreciate your time. We know it's valuable. We don't want to waste it. Um, we're doing our best. Okay. We're just doing our best. So for for Gumby, this is Brian, and you've been listening to the Cult of Cult. <laughs>